Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. It's time to go inside the huddle with Lions quarterback Jared Goff. Brought to you by Ford. Built for America. Carson Anderson, our weekly conversation with the quarterback of the Lions, Jared Goff, who joins us now. And um, Jared, let's start with the the beginning. Driving down to Ford Field and, and getting in that building. The atmosphere, the fans. You played in Super Bowls. You played in Seattle a bunch. How did this compare? Yeah, it was fun, man. It was it was fun that morning being there and seeing all the fans and uh, you know tailgating, driving in, um, and then the energy in the crowd. It was the best home atmosphere I've ever played in front of, and um, excited for it to hopefully continue to be that way. What what time do you get there in the morning, and how how did this one differ from you know previous game days when you get down there? I get there the same time. This was no different. No, no, I, I meant the crowd as for as far as what you saw out there. How how different was it compared to you know what you've seen before in game days? You're saying pregame? Yeah, just driving in. Like, did you notice yeah. that there were more people? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was much more outside walking around, tailgating. Um, a lot more people wearing jerseys walking around. You know, there's much more excitement. And then even like you mentioned, pregame being in the in the stadium pregame. Um, yeah, t- tons of more people there, and uh, it was a lot of fun. The crowd's that loud. Is it almost sometimes? Does it does it get too loud at times for you guys on the field? Never, never. When we're on offense, yeah, you don't want them to be loud. But when we're on defense, be as loud as they want. They they gave the the Seahawks some issues in the procedure stuff, and um, yeah, it's, a, it's an advantage for us. But no, when we're on offense, we'd like them to um, stay as quiet as possible. You're a leader of this team. We took some calls from fans yesterday that were really you know, almost panicked and and not just losing the game, but the injuries as they piled up. And we got word of CJ Gardner Johnson and all that. Direct line to the fans. What do you say to those that are worried? How do you uh, reinstill confidence? Yeah, yeah, we're one and one. We got 15 games left to to see how the rest of the season shapes out. It's it's a long season. A lot of things come and go. A lot of things change. Obviously, sick about CJ. He'll he'll be out for a little while. But um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a long year, and um, we got to make sure we're still uh, coming coming ready to play every week and, and continuing to find a way to win to win games. Got to ask you about a play in that game. What was up with the late hit by Daryl Taylor, who just took a free run at you? Yeah, you know, I, I I genuinely think it was an honest mistake. He thought I had the ball, um, and you know, took a pretty good hit at me there. He did a little sack celebration, thinking he got a sack. Unfortunately, it was about a ten to fifteen yard gain going the other way. 
Um, but yeah, he'll get a he'll get a little check in the mail, I'm sure, at some point uh, this week. But I, I know it was an honest mistake, so no harm. So you get up and then you kind of walk over to him and say something. Were you kind of hoping that your offensive linemen were, were right behind you in a hurry, or were you ready to throw down at that point? <laughs> you, you think I'm ready to throw down at any point? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're you're a bigger guy than people might might think. I mean, you know, you're you're six foot four, man. You're a professional football player. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not throwing down with with anybody at any point. <laughs> Certainly not during the middle of the game with a defensive lineman. But had some words for him, sure. Uh, as a player, how long does it take for you to digest a loss like that and, and throw it in the garbage before you can concentrate on what's next up, which is the Atlanta Falcons? How long do you give yourself to if you're beating up yourself or whatever? Yeah, it's usually you know the 24 hour rule is what they say. Um, you know, win or lose, I, I try to tend to move on even quicker than that and get in the building on Monday and even Sunday night and, and start on the next opponent. These, these weeks go by fast, and the further ahead you can get in your film study and, and where you're going to be, the, the more at ease you'll be towards the end of the week. So, um, yeah, I try to move on pretty quickly, win or lose. One of the things early in this season, it, it looks like you've really immediately developed the chemistry with Sam Laporta. Ten catches on 11 targets. He's making plays for you guys out there. He's getting open. Tell us a little bit about where he's at right now. And and am I right? Is this an early chemistry that you've got with him? Yeah, yeah, man. He does a hell of a job. He, ever since he's gotten here, he's a guy that um, I've noticed has great hands, great football instincts, runs great routes, um, he, he has a great feel for the game. I guess that's what I'm saying with the football instincts and understands space and is a guy that I, I begin to trust and I know where he's going to be. He's He's got really strong hands at the catch point. You saw that with that one late in the game on the third and 12. Um, so when guys when guys are making plays across the middle and catching balls like he is, uh, it gains a lot of trust for me to want to continue to give it to him. And um, He's still young, but he's learning, and, and, and we're still going right along. Can you take us into the huddle and describe what it's like when things are going so well for you as an offense like they were at times, most of the time, on, on Sunday and you know what? What are players saying when they get back in there? In, into the are players more vocal? Is it business like? Anybody get cocky when things are going well? What's it like? To, to be honest with you, it's the same as when it, when it's in uh, from the outside looking in, not going well. Um, you know, if we're if we're driving right along, we're we're pretty steady. If we're not driving right along, we're pretty steady. Um, I wish there was a better answer for you, but. Uh, it, there isn't much emotion into it. You just kind of go about your business, play in and play out. The guys are ready to go. They're very focused and um, listen to the play and line up and execute. What do you attribute that to? Is that is that your calming influence? Is it? Is, did somebody have a calming influence on you? Where does that come from? I think it's just pretty standard uh, in the NFL that you know guys have to be able to line up and do their job if they're running super high with emotion in between plays. It's pretty hard to focus on what you're supposed to do and. Um, yeah, I guess you can attribute it to you know the maturity level of, of our guys and certainly our offensive line and, and, and the way they set the tempo for us. So, yeah, guys fall into place. But, no, I mean, it's, it's very focused in there, and uh, guys are ready to go. Last drive of regulation. Um, did In retrospect, do you wish there was a greater sense of urgency to try and get the ball in the end zone? You know, it's, it's, it's a delicate balance, you know, and, I, and I've got a lot of respect for uh, that that. Uh, that balance, that dance that, that you play. And, um, yeah, of course you want to get six there. You want to score a touchdown on any of those plays. Um, but at the same time, there's a, there's an, an idea in the back of your head that you don't want to, you don't want to kick a field goal with 45 seconds left, you know? So there's, you, you do have to 
you know, run, run, the, run those scenarios as you're going. And it is a delicate dance there, but yeah, of course you'd like to get six. And unfortunately we didn't. And then you lose the coin toss. You don't get a chance, but when we win the coin toss, you like to think it's a different game. And, uh, but it, it sometimes goes that way. Could you tell was Seattle specifically defending the end zone? I mean, was that, did they defend it in such no. a way? No. Okay. Um, without David Montgomery, how ready is Jameer Gibbs for a bigger load? Yeah, man, he's, he's done a great job. Uh, He's done a great job getting himself ready. I think his workload was was continuing to increase regardless, and David's done a hell of a job. I thought David ran his ran his tail off the other day and um, gave us some stuff and some run game situations that weren't favorable, and he made some some great runs after. So yeah, we'll miss him, but uh, Gibby's going to be ready to go, and uh, it'll, it'll be good. What do you look forward to most on game day? Is there a certain play that you've worked on in practice that you can't wait to execute? Is it simply testing yourself against the opposition? What is it about game day that you most look forward to? Yeah, just getting a chance to compete. You know, these, there's this finite amount of games that you get. You're guaranteed 17, and um, each one of them counts the same. So, you know, late in the year, it happens every year. You guys and everyone else will make a big deal about week 13 through 17. And to be honest, week three is just as much as value as that one. So, it, it, to us, it's all the same. You get a chance to compete every week and um, try to make the most of it. What challenges do the Falcons or does the Falcons defense present and uh, what team are they most like that you've played in the past? You know, I haven't played them yet, so I don't have a great answer for you. I may be able to answer it better on Monday next week, uh, but on film, it's it's uh, going to be a challenge because they have a new coordinator this year that we're, you know, still trying to figure out what he's going to do. There's obviously two games of film out there um, that we'll watch and, and, and get a, get a beat on, but there's some stuff that he'll do that, you know, obviously isn't on film that, you know, it's just a, a new wrinkles for whatever they're doing on defense that we'll have to adjust to in game. But um, yeah, I don't know who they're most similar like that I played, um, but maybe I will after we play them. A couple of plays were fun on Sunday, the flea flicker, um, a look that you guys, I'm, I'm sure had kind of watched, maybe set that up a little bit. Take us through that play from beginning to end. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a, a great uh, drop. I believe that was a Seth Ryan drop earlier in the week. Uh, one of our coaches, that was, that was his idea. And um, yeah, they, they have a, they, when they have their safety down like that, they like to play aggressive to that side. We made it look like a lot of our runs look. And um, Cleek did a great job being an actor there on that play. And for me, it became pretty easy just kind of lay it out there for him. And uh, he made the rest. So it was, it was a good little play. I think when it came in the headset, we all had a good feeling it would score. And um, yeah, it was awesome. And right before half, you guys came dangerously close on that last play to scoring a touchdown. I I, I don't know if that was something – typically you just throw a, a, a jump ball into the end zone, but you guys almost executed that to perfection. Yeah, man. I was uh, – we, we called we called just all go, basically, four verts. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what why they were in single high press, um, but they were, and they gave us a chance to, to throw it. And um, St. Brown made the catch, unfortunately, ended in a fumble, but – uh, you know, more times than not, you, you, you think he'd get out of that tackle and have a chance to score. So, uh, yeah, it was a good little chance for us there. It didn't go our way. Really cool day on Sunday with the, uh, the, the very Sanders statue being unveiled. They had people in there, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders there, Flavor Flav was there, other people paying tribute on the, the big screen. Who are three legends from sports and entertainment that a 15-year-old Jared Goff would really get excited about not that you weren't on Sunday, of course, but when you were 15, who would the three people be? Man, that's a good question. Uh, well, one of them I got to meet last year is Eminem, for sure. Nice. For sure. That was like, you know, 
starstruck by by him and how how you know obviously amazing he's been for years. Um, who else in football? I, I growing up, I mean, you know, Joe, Joe Montana. You know, as when I was 15 years old, that was you know he's from the Bay Area. I'm from the Bay Area. He's played for the Niners. You know, that's a good one. I'll say him, and I will go with shoot when I was 15 years old. Uh, let's say. Oh man, this is hard. Um, I'm going to go with Ladanian Tomlinson. He was on my fantasy team when I was about that age, and, and got me a bunch of points. Hilarious. So, let's go with him. Um, one more thing about the game Sunday, I forgot because Maya it, watching the touchdown pass to Josh Reynolds in the fourth quarter. Watching you, was he your fourth read on that play? He was. How often do you even get to the fourth read? Um, yeah, it depends. Depends on the on the play call and what the defense is presenting. Um, I think more often than not, Ben would like to say that he'd like to have one or two, no, number one or number two open, you know, majority of the time. But yeah, sometimes you got to get backside, and that play in particular gets backside a lot. So I was prepared to get all the way back through it. Lastly, Jerry, do you have a good poker face? Because you mentioned when that flea flicker is called, everybody kind of gets excited. Do you have to have a good poker face? Do you have to help tell the rest of the team to shut up? We got this, all right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think they're they're not looking at my face uh, from a, from the other sideline or across the field. I can get excited, um, but yeah, I don't usually typically want you know show the excitement. You never know; it could not work. Who knows? You know, this is football. It's hard, but um, you have a pretty good idea. It's going to work. And when that ball got flipped back to me, and I see Cleef run three, yeah, you can get excited then and, and want them one for an easy touchdown. Well, Jared, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Good luck this week, and we'll talk next week. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Right, thanks, Jared. There he is, Detroit Lions quarterback Jared Goff, our weekly interview here on 97.1 The Ticket.